0: It is episode 104 of Viking 360, and we'll be talking about Viking football as Ripley takes on the Roan County Raiders on Friday evening in a renewal of the series for the Rotary Club
1: trophy between the Vikings and the Raiders. Been a few years, Rube, but good to have them back on the schedule. Uh, always a good game and uh, has turned into a, a pretty decent rivalry over the years. Also, uh, I chatted with Coach Sayer about uh, that ball game and uh, what he expects out of his team as they're looking uh, for a victory, struggling a little bit here in the midseason. But, uh, you know, hope is not lost, and they're going to continue to battle and see if they can come up with some answers. In the meantime, uh, Roan County is on a
0: streak. They won two games in one week, and we'll talk with the voice of the Raiders, Andrew Miller, about their successes and also uh, soon to be inducted in the Viking Football Hall of Fame is Justin Southall. He was uh, one of the leading rushers of all time.
1: He gained more than 1,300 yards during his senior year at Ripley. Great player. Well deserved for him going into the Hall of Fame, Rube. Uh, I had a chat with a uh, former Viking two-star two star athlete, in, uh, or two-sport athlete, rather, I should say, in Davis Haynes. He's now playing golf at West Virginia Wesleyan. And also, maybe the highest-ranking Viking official, uh, Rube, uh, in uh, Ripley. Carolyn Rader talked to her about uh, her love affair with Ripley High. Viking uh, soccer had a
0: big win this week over Parkersburg South. We'll talk with Noah Kessel, who played a a big part in that game. And also, we talked with Lindsey Roberts, who was an outstanding cross-country runner at Ripley, and he's now coaching cross-country in the state of Kentucky. And, Rube, if you were going to buy Viking apparel... Where would you go to buy a Viking? Price? I think I'm going to go to RipleyVikings.com, and I'm going to use that coupon code VIKING360,
1: because you will get 15% off. <laughs> Another tough result for the Vikings on homecoming last Friday night, losing to the Oak Hill Red Devils, resulting in three consecutive losses. As the questions continue to mount when it comes to the 2021 edition of Viking Football there's no wavering at the top, as we hear from head coach Steve Sayer.
2: We just got to keep working, getting better. We've went back to the basics this week, blocking and tackling and trying to cover kicks and doing what we're supposed to do and trying to get people in the right position.
1: The Red Devils jumped on top of the Vikings early on Friday night after the Vikings took the opening kickoff and promptly went three and out. After punting it deep into Red Devil territory, The ever-dangerous Leonard Farrow on the first play from scrimmage for Oak Hill scores from 75 yards out. Wing T formation, Smith behind him. Vikings showing pressure. They hand it off to Farrow, right side. He has running room up across the 40 to 45 down the far sideline, and he's going to go, Jeff. Untouched, walking into the end zone from 75 yards out. No flags. 6-0 Six to nothing O'Kill's Oak Hill's extra point kick was blocked, and the Red Devils led the Vikings six to nothing with ten minutes remaining in the first quarter. The Vikings this time would answer quickly in only three plays from scrimmage when Ty Stevens connects with Elijah Miller on a two-yard completion. Miller then laterals the football to Joey Ramsey, who takes it in from 40 yards out for his first touchdown of the night. Shotgun Stevens. Anderson behind him, snap back, looking, rolling near side, throwing back across his body. Caught by Miller. See where they give it. And they're gonna pitch it. He pitches to Ramsey. He takes the ball down the far sideline into the touch in for the touchdown, Jeff. And I don't know if that was designed or not. And I'm not sure if it was a forward pass or not, but I don't see any penalty flags. The Vikings mishandled the snap on the point after touchdown, and the score held at six to six, with eight thirty-eight remaining in the first quarter. Oak Hill once again was up for the challenge, answering the Vikings score going 74 yards in only three plays when Farrow would score his second touchdown of the night. Wing T looks, single receiver split near side. They're going to give it to Farrow this time. Jet sweep, nearside cuts it up. Now reversing field at the 15. He's got some running room. Dodging Viking tacklers at the 10, and he'll walk in by the far pylon. And he ran about... 55 yards to gain 17 to get the touchdown Jeff but a great play and you see you just cannot lose contain with these guys uh, they will make you look silly. Vargo Thomas connects on the extra point kick and the Red Devils led the Vikings 13-6 with 7.50 remaining still in the first quarter. The next series the Vikings drove the ball deep into Oak Hill territory before turning the ball back over to this explosive Oak Hill offense. It only took five plays this time to go 59 yards when Leonard Farrow scores for the third time in the quarter from eight yards out. Jacob Ward in at quarterback for Oak Hill. Smith and Baxter in the backfield, They get, or Farrow rather, they give it to Farrow off tackle right and he walks into the end zone. The good news is the Vikings finally got a hat on him, but it was too late. Vargo Thomas once again connects on the extra point kick, and the Red Devils led by two scores. Both teams traded possessions through the majority of the second period when finally the Vikings got back on the board when Ty Stevens connected with Joey Ramsey from 25 yards out. Shotgun, Stevens rolling toward the Oak Hill sideline, throws it in the flat, caught, Ramsey has it, turns it up, threw it across the 15, still on his feet, 10, 5, Touchdown, Joey Ramsey, is second of the night. Katie Lawrence connects on the extra point kick, and the Vikings cut into the Red Devil lead, trailing twenty to thirteen, with five oh nine remaining in the first half. The Red Devils once again answered the bell two minutes later when Jacob Ward connects with Ethan Vargo Thomas from thirty-four yards out for the touchdown. Three fifty-four to go, first half, twenty to thirteen, the Vikings trail. Oak Hill deep in Viking territory at the thirty-four. Looking to throw Ward. The lefty floats it over the middle of the Viking defense and wide open is Vargo Thomas. He walks into the end zone for the Oak Hill touchdown. Vargo Thomas would also connect on the extra point kick and Oak Hill led 27-13 with 3.38 remaining in the first half. After forcing another Viking punt, the Red Devils would tack on another score with only 41 seconds remaining in the first half, making their halftime lead 34-14. Early in the third period, the Red Devils would score once again when Leonard Farrow would put his fourth rushing touchdown on the board, increasing their lead to 40-13. to The Vikings would later answer that score when Brady Anderson would run one in from 15 yards out. Stevens under pressure, steps up in the pocket, running near side. Stiff arms a defender. Pitches it back to Brady at the 15 on the 10, 5. Still on his feet into the end zone for the Viking touchdown. And what a play that time. uh, We saw the, the grit and determination
3: of Ty Stevens as he stepped up in the pocket, was running, trying to stiff arm a defender, and as he was going down, he spotted Brady Anderson. He flips the ball back to him, and the big guy lumbers into the end zone for the touchdown.
1: Cochran's extra point kick was good, and the Vikings trailed 40-20 to as they neared the midway point of the third period. Farrow would once again find the end zone, this time from three yards out for his fifth rushing touchdown of the night, making the score 47-20. to The Vikings would cap the scoring on the final play of the night when Stevens finds Hunter Brown for his first career receiving touchdown. It should be the final play of the ball game either way. Vikings break the huddle, Stevens in the gun, Anderson to his left, three receivers to the far side. Empty the backfield, Anderson floats out, they throw it across the middle, complete for the Viking touchdown as time expires, and that is Hunter Brown finding the end zone for the first time in 2021. That made the final score 47 to 26, dropping the Vikings to one and four while the Red Devils improved to two and three as we reach the midway point of the 2021 season. It's back to the drawing board for the Vikings who are in search of win number two while they are also trying to snap a three game losing streak with a very good Roan County Raiders team in town. Coach Sayer knows this will be a tough test.
2: Now we have to be able to run the football, it sets our pass up too but uh, what really worries me is that this team has several trick plays that they run very effectively and they've got an outstanding quarterback and th- you know uh in the past uh they've really been known for setting you up and then throwing the deep ball off a trick play or just just throwing a deep pass and really hurting us with it so and That's something we've got to be aware of. We just can't sell out to stop the run, or they, or they definitely have the ability to throw it over our head. So, you know, we've got, to, we've got to take care of business and make sure we read our keys and pay attention to down and distance and do the little things right.
1: The Ripley Viking countdown to kickoff will begin at 7 p.m., and the kickoff is set for 7.30 this Friday night against Roan County. Join Brian Johnson, Jeff Waybright, and Phil Iman for this week's action on C98 the Bull and streaming on Mountaintop Media. Gaining more than 1,300 yards on the ground during his senior season, Justin Southall is soon to be inducted into the Viking Football Hall of Fame. The 2000 graduate says it is a real thrill to watch his son follow in his footsteps on the gridiron. All
0: right, we are joined on Viking 360 by a three-sport athlete with the class of 2000, Justin Southall. He was uh, a 1300-yard gainer in uh, in football and also excelled in basketball and and made a, a huge mark collegially in in the sport of track and field. But uh, Justin, thanks for being with us today. Hey, room, thanks for having me. Really
1: appreciate you having me on here.
0: Hey Justin as you look back on that football season of, of 1999 and and you put some big numbers up on the board but uh, just what are your, some of your memories of, of playing football at Ripley High? Man I would go
3: back and play today if I had the chance. Uh, i am got the luxury of being able to coach both of my boys. I've got a 14 year old. He's now playing 8th grade so he's got an 8th grade coach and He's having a heck of a year, and I'm, I'm now coaching my 11-year-old, and it just brings back Friday Night Lights, uh, the memories of being with my team and every every week preparing and working hard. I mean, there's nothing like Ripley High School football.
0: Well, that's great, and it's great that you're able to uh, come back because uh, – you're quite a distance away from us now, uh, Justin, living in the state of Alabama, so uh, tell us where you are and what you do uh, down in Alabama.
3: Well, uh, I moved from West Virginia to Ohio initially for track and field for four years and graduated there and went to a chiropractic school in Dallas, Texas. Was there for almost four years and, that, and that's where I met my wife and we moved to Baton Rouge, practiced two years, and found out that we fell in love with a little town called Fairhope, Alabama, and it's right down south Alabama, right near the coastline. Beautiful, beautiful town. Um, I'm a chiropractor. My wife's a chiropractor. We, uh, we have two clinics, one in Mobile and one in Fairhope, and uh, we have a passion not only helping people, but we also treating athletes.
0: And Justin, uh, as I mentioned, you uh, were probably better known for your role on the football field at Ripley, but uh, also made a tremendous mark in track and field, uh, a great pole vaulter uh, for Ripley High track and field. And, and you also excelled uh, at track uh, at the University of Akron. Tell us about uh, your collegiate career.
3: So I was a two-time, two-year letterman at the University of Akron. Uh, I started out as a sprinter and pole that I was two-time state champion at at Ripley, and got recruited heavily by the University of Akron, uh, Kent State, and Southwest Texas State, but at the same time, I was being recruited by West Virginia University, Duke, and Northwestern for football, and uh, one of our ex-athletes, great guy Adam King, kind of pushed me to go to track and field, and uh, so I went to Akron, through, ended up throwing javelin some and coach turned me into a decathlete and so I lettered one year in the decathlon. My junior year I'd had an ACL knee surgery my sophomore year and then my senior year uh, also in the heptathlon lettered and then had another knee surgery and finished up the javelin lettering uh, outdoor season uh, for, for the University of Akron, the Zips.
0: And, uh, Justin, you were telling me that uh, recently both of your sons had outstanding weekends in the sport of football, and you had to have fun watching those guys play. Oh, man. It was a blast. Uh, my oldest, actually, uh, eighth grader, 14-year-old,
3: he took on the number 41, the same number I wore. He, he just watched some of my old games and saw some of uh, highlights and pictures, and he's like, Dad, I want your number. And so... He wears number forty-one, and so it's kind of really special when you're looking out there on the field and you're seeing number forty-one flying past people, being fast. And I think he might actually be faster than old Dad. Wow! So uh, uh, maybe he can he can break my old records.
0: Be pretty cool, <laughs> Justin. It's going to be great to have you back in town uh, on October eighth for Your induction in the Viking Football Hall of Fame as uh, Ripley takes on St. Albans. Uh, looking forward to it, Justin. Me too, and it's a,
3: it's a big, big honor to be uh, inducted into the Ripley Viking Hall of Fame.
0: Justin, take care. Thank you, Rube. Appreciate it. See you in a couple weeks.
1: Roan County sportscaster Andrew Miller says the Raiders have been effective running the football with some speedy running backs operating behind a solid offensive line.
0: We're talking with the voice of the Raiders, Andrew Miller. And, uh, man, Andrew, the Raiders are on a roll. Two victories in one week. That's hard to beat.
4: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Mike. Uh, you know, you never know how 15- to 18-year-olds are going to handle a situation uh, like that, two games in one week. And, again, not playing on Friday nights. Uh, uh, kids are pretty resilient. Uh, we've got a group of kids who are mentally extremely tough uh, so they handle uh, obstacles and adversity very, very well. So two games in one week, although we were worried about it, they they didn't have a problem with that. Uh, they played a very good offensive game and defensive game, pretty much a full contest against Lewis County uh, on Monday night with a fifty-five to nothing win. Uh, tell you what, we got a lot of pushback from Buffalo Saturday night. Um, our defense was uh, very stout again. You know, we allowed uh, fewer than seventy yards, uh, so we've allowed fewer than. 100 yards in two games uh, on Monday and uh, Saturday. But um, uh, our offense uh, wasn't exactly firing on all cylinders uh, uh, like they did on Monday night. You're going to have those games where you're making some mistakes and you're putting the ball on the ground, and uh, things just don't click perfectly. But uh, uh, give a lot of credit to Coach Burdett and the staff. They, they really stuck with the guns of the running game, and it was almost like Nova Kane. It wore down Buffalo uh, towards the end.
0: Yeah, it looked like the running game uh, put up some impressive uh, stats against uh, the Bison
4: yeah you know uh uh, going back to monday 393 rushing yards we had 280 plus uh in this one we had two near 100 yard runners uh it was briar begler uh this game uh it was skylar delk monday it was briar begler this game who went for 190 yards and a pair of touchdowns and uh delk uh was one yard shy of a hundred yard game uh so those two tell you what those two are um Really stout runners. Their yards after contact Saturday night were, were really impressive, um, because Buffalo's front was very solid and very scrappy. That uh, they really did a great job of of, of fighting for those extra yards. Uh, but really, uh, Mike, the way things are going this year for Roan County, it's a hundred percent our front line coming into the season. We weren't quite sure uh, what the what the front line would be able to do. We we often talked to people and said we've got all this skill. Uh, on offense. You know, a lot of experienced skilled players. Uh, We can throw the ball. We can run the ball. Uh, We got a lot of things that we can do if our offensive line can hold. They don't have to be great. They just have to be able to stand up for a couple seconds. Well, uh, call call me stupid because our offensive line has been the uh, unit for us they've been our strength uh, and the reason that those two backs are able to uh, uh, chunk up so many yards i tell you uh, they're, they're they're not getting hit till five ten yards down the, the field in many games and that's because of our front line
0: all right on Friday it's the renewal of the Rotary Club trophy between the Roan County Raiders and the Ripley Vikings and Andrew we'll see you on Friday evening
4: looking forward to it Mike it's always a fun time when we go over there
1: Mountaintop Media is the official live stream provider of Ripley High School Athletics. Mountaintop Media offers a variety of services, including logo design, photography, videography, audiovisual setup, consulting, and web design. If you're beginning your climb to the peak of success, Mountaintop Media has you covered. Mountaintop Media, your vision through our lens. Go to mtmedia304.com to learn more.
0: highest golf team competed in the regional tournament uh, this week at Green Hills Country Club. Avery Fife fired a 97 and Garrett Brown had a 98 uh, to lead the Vikings and a a Ripley graduate who's now golfing at West Virginia Wesleyan is none other than Davis Haynes.
1: Joined now by Viking alum just graduated from Ripley High School to sport uh, athlete at Ripley High Davis Haynes. Davis thanks for being with me buddy. Brian, as always, thanks for having me back on the show. Yeah, man. So, uh, tell us—you're uh, playing college golf now. Tell us where you are, what you're doing, uh, and how into athletes been for you.
5: Well, I'm uh, playing golf at West Virginia Westland uh, right now. I'm majoring in history with a minor in legal studies. Um, you know, school's been going well. Golf's been going well. Uh, Adjustment transition's been easy, but you know it's enjoyable. Um, I'm liking it here so far. So I'm just I'm adjusting well.
1: What's life been like uh, competing in golf uh, at the college level, uh, especially where you guys play all the time at Stonewall? Anyone that's played golf uh, at any level understands how difficult that golf course is, and uh, you know how that's made you a better golfer. I mean, playing that every day has had to help you. Yeah. Stonewall is one of the courses where,
5: um, it, it, it takes, uh, it takes length off the tee and it also takes, you know, accuracy because out there, if you miss the fairway, you're probably going to be losing a golf ball. So yeah. I'm definitely, I've always had decent length off the tee. So that's never really been that big of an issue, but this year, especially hitting lots of fairways off the tee and hitting lots of greens. It definitely has helped a lot with that because, you know, the greens are undulated. You hit the wrong place in the green, you know, you're doing your best to try to two putt, or if you're missing fairways, you're losing golf
1: balls. And it, it's definitely made me a better golfer. That's for sure. What's the main difference uh, on the course between high school tournaments and college tournaments, aside from the the competition level? Uh, courses are set up harder than in
5: high school. Um, you know, we're playing anywhere from – in high school we were playing, you know, the state tournament, even it was not even 7,000 yards. It was, you know, 68. But we're playing courses now where the the short courses are, you know, 66, 6,700, and the long ones like Stonewall are up around 72, 71. So I think that's a different thing is the length off the, uh, you know, length of the course and just the conditions they have the course, uh, you know, cut out. You know, they let the rough grow up. You know, the courses we're playing are – a lot harder, better designs than what we played in high school. So I think it's just – it's a different level than what it was in high school, but
1: I like it. You qualified for the West Virginia Amateur this past summer. Talk a little bit about that and, and how that experience helped prepare you for, for what you're facing now. Oh, yeah, going
5: down to the end, it was a great experience. It, uh, I didn't play my best golf in there, but I learned a lot. I've never learned – I've never learned more from a tournament than I learned from that tournament. I mean, because that – that is – the next level of golf when you get down there that's the you got to be able to you know play courses like that and compete on courses like that and and i took a lot away from that tournament that i then established into my practice regiment before i got to school and it's worked i mean my tournament averages has gone down i've played a lot better golf here and i think the am helped me out a lot with that playing those playing you know the meadows course which is not exactly a long golf course but it's a tight golf course you got to hit good shots there um you don't have to hit it super far but you have to hit good golf shots you have to be able to putt well and the uh old white course which as you know is where the pga event was hosted a few years ago it's it's a little longer um but it's a little more open you don't have to hit quite as good of shots off the tee but approach shots into the green are key there i think more than anything and and that's the biggest thing i've worked on too the last you know month was my iron game because when i went to the am i didn't hit a lot of greens and it cost me a lot of shots because i was scrambling to get up and down and i didn't get up and down every time now you know the more greens you're hitting more birdies you're making and more guaranteed parts you're making too
1: you oftentimes hear professional golfers talk about missing in the right spot that's something you have to do on old white especially in tournament conditions uh is that something that you've worked on you're not going to hit every shot perfect i mean golf uh you win 10 percent of your uh tournaments you enter in golf and you're a hall of famer so you know, understanding that golf is a game of imperfect, uh, how, how have you transitioned into to that patience level and that understanding of, hey, this is a, a marathon. It's not a sprint.
5: Yeah, I've, uh, I've learned a lot this year about um, not chasing birdies. That was the big thing I, in my youth and in high school and stuff. And even this summer playing golf, I was, you know, trying to force birdies, chase birdies you got to let them come to you. I mean, you're going to hit good shots and you just capitalize and hit the good shots. You can't try and do, you can't try and do too much. And when that comes to usually when you try and do too much is when you miss it in bad places or so if you just kind of let the, don't try and beat the course. Essentially is just put the course the way it's designed, let the birdies come to you and be aggressive when you know you need to be aggressive, but don't do too much when you know it could penalize you. And I think that's the biggest key to not, Missing in bad places is when you try and do too much. And that's when I find myself, you know, hitting it in
1: places I know I shouldn't is when I try and do too much. So tell us again about school, uh, what your major is again, like you said, history uh, and how that transition has been for you into college. Yeah, I'm majoring in history with a minor in legal studies or known
5: as pre-law. It's been going well. You know, I've been enjoying a lot of my classes. Uh, Professors are great up here. Uh, they work well with the athletes, which has been a blessing because I've missed a lot of school with golf the last, you know, month. But, uh, yeah, everything's transitioned well. It's definitely harder than high school, obviously. High school was a little easier than here. But I know it's going to prepare me for whenever I leave here and go to law school.
1: And Coach gave you the week off this week uh, to prepare for conference tournament next week. How excited are you for that to get underway?
5: Oh yeah. I'm excited. I mean, we're going up and playing Avalon lakes, uh, golf course, which is up near Cleveland, Ohio. So we're kind of hoping that the weather cooperates next week. It's not going to be too cold and windy. Um, it's a tough golf course. It's a fairly long golf course. It plays right about 7,000, which again, you know, like I was saying earlier, is different than what we played in you know high school regionals and high school, even the high school state tournament. But yeah, I'm excited to play. Um, You know, try and make a splash this year and, you know, make all conference is kind of the goal going in. I know I've
1: I've got the game. I just got to put it together for that week and play well. Dave, it's great catching up with you, man. Best of luck uh, the rest of the way and continued success, man. We're excited for you and uh, look forward to great things.
3: Thanks, Brian, for having me on again.
1: I appreciate it. Ripley's cross-country teams are coming off of a good performance in the Covered Bridge Invitational at Cedar Lakes and are running Saturday in Nitro. Ripley High School grad Lindsey Roberts now makes his home in Lexington, Kentucky, where he runs a family owned pharmacy and coaches young cross country runners.
0: Our guest on Viking 360 is Lindsay Roberts, who was a 1999 Ripley High School graduate and had a uh, running career, track and cross country at Ripley High. And Lindsay, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast this week. Uh, thanks for having me. And Lindsay, tell me about uh, some of your memories of. Uh, running cross country at Ripley high school and uh being a part of the program of uh, the late coach jack year ago man i i had a blast um
6: my four years running after uh, ripley um we uh we qualified for the state meet um i think we qualified three years out of my four years there um one of those years, I had an ankle injury, I think, at the conference meet, so didn't get to run at state, but I did get to run at state um, uh, two of my four years, so that was pretty awesome. Um, I, was, uh, I was a team captain as a junior, which was strange because uh, Coach usually had uh, seniors as team captains, but our seniors had, I believe, the same kind of experience level that I did um, so I was a team captain my um, junior and senior year, um, so that was uh, so pretty cool as well. Um, but just running for uh, Coach Jack, um, that was, uh, that was uh, an honor in itself, and uh, I still try to uh, kind of emulate our program here and, and things I do with uh, my team, uh, very similar to the way that, that Jack raised us
0: up through the program. And Lindsay, tell me, what was it that got you interested in running to begin with? Did you just have a knack for for running, or what was it that got you involved in in the running sports? Um,
6: I, I started running um, whenever I was a uh, 7th grader, uh, Ripley Middle School, and um, I, I just kind of got into it, and um... Uh, close to the time that I started high school. Um, my dad was running with a friend, um, in Evans and kind of went out and started running with them and, um, just kind of added more distance and added more distance. And, uh, kind of like just thought this is for me. I really enjoy this. And, uh, I'm going to see uh, what this cross country stuff is about. Um, I had a few, uh, a few cousins, I think that ran for Ripley, uh, at that time too. Uh, David and Daniel Parsons, they were on the team, and I, I, I'd heard things filter back my way about, you know, how much fun they were having and stuff like that. So I just i thought, you know, I'm going to give this a try.
0: Cool. Well, Lindsay, after um, your days at Ripley High, you went on to the University of Kentucky, and uh, you have uh, continued uh, living in the Lexington area. Tell us, Bring us up to date on the life and times of, of Lindsay Roberts in Lexington. <laughs>
6: Um, yeah. So, whenever I was leaving Ripley, um, I, I knew that I wanted to go into pharmacy. Um, at that time, um, pharmacy schools were only at, at large state schools. Um, I, I kind of had to give up on my my dream of running in college if I was to go to a college that had a college of pharmacy. Um, so it was you really kind of West Virginia University or. Um, UK or something like that that was local and uh, so I decided I, I would give up on running and I was just going to focus on academics. Um, I, I started at UK, um, I did uh, four years of undergrad and then um, pharmacy school. Um, my second year of pharmacy school I actually met a girl from Parkersburg who had just started her first year of pharmacy school and she um, we met. We had a common bond that we were both from West Virginia. Strangely enough, and uh, <laughs> and uh, we we started dating shortly after that. And um, I guess kind of the rest, they say, is history. We yeah. we 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 just kind of decided to to stick here. But it was West Virginia that brought us together originally. That's well,
1: it's
0: interesting. And and Lindsay, you have continued. Uh, your, uh, running connection through your children and you, I know you're active in coaching in the area and have had a great deal of success with that.
6: Uh, yeah. So it actually kind of stemmed from, uh, some, some, uh, cross country races that were in Ripley. Um, they do the covered bridge there every year and, um, they have a elementary race, um, before or after and, um uh, So I'd had my my oldest son there to run the the Covered Bridge Elementary race um, a couple years, and uh, I had seen that a lot of teams in our area here in Lexington had cross-country programs, but um, our elementary did not. Um, So he had so much fun running that we just decided, hey, you know, why can't we have one at our school? Um, So we started up a program, um, used um, some funding from our business to kind of get it up and going um this is our fifth season now um and so first year we did cross country um then we added track onto that and then we actually added a, a club program that a lot of local area middle schools and elementary schools will have some of their more competitive runners run in the postseason and in national meets um it, it, it really kind of took on a life of its own. We started our first season. Uh, we had about 25 kids running cross-country um, track season. Right after that, we had 50 kids. Um, now we have about 60 on our cross-country team, and we have about 120 on
0: our track team. Um, wow, that's fantastic. Huh? Lindsay, uh, a little bit about your, your pharmacy that you and your wife operate there in Lexington is is somewhat unique. Uh, just tell us a little bit about that business. Uh, yeah, so um,
6: our pharmacy is Grassroots Pharmacy. Um, we um, we kind of err a little bit on the side of, of natural um, natural remedies and and, and diet uh, modification, exercise as a way to. Um, um, promote better health um we we kind of label ourselves as an anti-pharmacy um you know a lot of pharmacies will want to just kind of hand out pills for for what ails you and we kind of want to cure people before they get to the point of um uh, of having ailments and um we have a smoothie bar in our pharmacy which uh Um, our, our vision for the pharmacy was kind of like an old school apothecary where you'd have the pharmacy in the back and you'd have the soda fountain on the side, but we made it a modern version and you got the pharmacy on the side and a, and a smoothie bar on the side instead (laughs) of a pops, popping burgers. So, um. And, and we've promoted yoga and our running club and adult running and, um, supplements, high quality supplements and things like that. Um, in addition to your regular pharmacy services,
0: that's awesome. Lindsay, thank you so much for being on the podcast and good luck with the business and good luck with the cross country team there. All right. Um, our kids,
6: uh, our kids are doing really well. We, we haven't lost a meat this year. Um, they, uh, they won the state championship last year, so we're, uh, we're uh, out shooting for a,
1: for a repeat in, in the state this year. Viking senior Noah Kessel had a big game for the Blue and White as Ripley improved its record to 5-4-1. and one.
0: Talking with Noah Kessel on a, after a big win for the Vikings soccer team up at Parkersburg South the other night and two goals in that game. Noah, why don't you uh, tell us about those goals, how they took place?
3: Um, the first goal was assisted by Wyatt White, and I was on a—he he was on a breakaway and chipped over the defenders, and I just sprinted and hit, hit it in. And the second goal uh, was assisted by Anthony Bertignoli. Uh He was making a run down line, he crossed it, and I headed it in.
0: Uh, no, I guess it has to be. Um... Special anytime you beat uh, South because not only is it a big school and everything, but a potential uh, sectional opponent.
3: Yeah, it feels nice. Hopefully, we get to play them in sectionals and move on. Okay. Good luck, Don. Thank you.
0: She's the mayor of Ripley, and she bleeds blue and white. She had a brother, a Dick Raider, who played football at. At uh, Ripley High and at WVU, and a brother, David Rader, who played football at Marshall after playing at Ripley. And she was also the basketball scorekeeper for the Vikings. Here's Ripley Mayor Carolyn Rader.
1: All right, welcome back inside Viking 360. I am joined now by who I would define as maybe the top-ranking official in Viking fans, and that's uh, Mayor Rader. Mayor, thanks for being with me.
7: Thank you. Thanks for the compliment. Just being called a Viking is just what I've lived with all my life. I said being born here. And I think... Brian, I think hometown defines who you are. It's all of my yesterdays, everything that's happened to me that's been great in my life has happened right here in Ripley and I said I started out being a viking with being a raider. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, my my sister was one of one of the biggest trumpet players that the Ripley Viking band ever had the pri- and I was told yes Sis, you will stand on the streets and you will cheer this band on. And then when you have Dick Rader as a big brother who really started the Viking football in his life on Maple Street in the backyards because we didn't have Midget League at the time. And he with the Ludwigs and the Goodwins and the Corbins and the Cadles played football any place they could play. And then, of course, when he got in high school, he became a member of the Ripley Viking. Team and of course little sister and little brother had to go, and then being between two brothers, my little brother played David played Viking football. So all of my life, that's all I've ever known is to cheer for the Vikings, and that's that's the best thing. I I always felt sorry for the kids when I was president of the student body when I was in senior in high school and got to welcome the new students to Ripley High School. I felt sorry for them when they were juniors and seniors and they just got to come to our school then because they had missed two years of being a real Viking, yeah. and I wanted them to feel what I felt, that this is—and them being—after homecoming this weekend and reliving all of that, being, being crowned Miss Viking was just the biggest compliment a girl could ever have, and it was because that I really bleed blue and white. In all true sense of the word, I bleed blue and white, and I love every minute of it. So, I've my whole yesterdays are Vikings and my tomorrows. I think, uh, what in Ripley, uh, I just think there's no other place to live, and I think hometown is my inspiration. Ripley is my inspiration in order to. Um, plan for tomorrows to plan for all of our tomorrows is because I'm from Ripley and I just think there's no other place to be but right here in Ripley West and to be a Viking for heaven's sake I had Coach Hill and I had Coach McMillian in school, and I remember Coach Lanham. He was more of my sister's era. But Coach Steve McMillian and Red Hill, buddy, if you didn't bleed blue and white with those guys, right. you didn't bleed blue and white at all because they forced it on you. Yeah. But Ripley – I think the spirit's there. I think we, I know it is. I think the Ripley Viking spirit is there. And uh, this football season right now is not going as well as we'd like for it to go. But we've still got some games left. we got four or five games left, four games left, I think. Oh. And we're, and it's going to be, it's fine. And every, every team goes through a building season, but it's not going to keep, any of us from not going out there and cheering for the Vikings or if they cannot attend to be able to listen to you all on the play-by-play.
1: Well, you talk about Mr. and Mrs. Viking. And if I had to adopt or nominate a Mr. and Mrs. Viking outside of high school, you would be Mrs. Viking. (laughs) Mike Rubin would be Mr. Viking. You Uh, you guys do believe Blue and White. and, And you mentioned that And to me, that's such a special thing. Uh, You, both of you guys, have seen Ripley on so many levels. A a student, a a student body president, as you said, a a teacher, an administrator, now a mayor. Do all of those layers uh, of your connection with Ripley make it, make the love affair with it what it is for you?
7: And that's what your hometown is. Hometown tell stories because of those layers that we built. I was just one of those lucky, lucky, lucky people who was born right here on North Court Street Mm -hmm. at Starcher Hospital, and I've lived here all my life, except when I was away at school. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't think about living any place else because my whole, uh, the storybook, every chapter of my life starts here and will end here. That's for doggone sure. And I just can't imagine and not, anybody not being proud to be here, I hope. That's what we work for. We work here at City Hall as the mayor's office mm-hmm. now to want people to be proud of our city. And I can't think of, I just can't imagine um, anybody not, being, uh, not wanting to live here. That's what I yeah. tell them, you know, that, that, that it's, it's an honor for me to be a part of this city, a, really an honor.
1: You're more than a part of it, Mayor. I mean, you you know, I drive through town and, and I see you paint curbs and cutting grass and, and doing things that most mayors don't do. And then on Friday mornings uh, of football games, I see you waving uh, the Viking flag and the American flag. And, uh, you know, we're blessed to have you as our mayor. There's no question about that. But. Talk about those moments. You, you're selfless uh, in, in doing those things and what being the mayor means to you.
7: I don't know that I'm as much as how much I enjoy it. It started out 10 years ago and I was waving the Viking flag. And then a coach from track cross country who happens to be on our city council came up and said, now, mayor, you can't quit after football season <laughs> because we have basketball, we have track, we have all of these things. And uh, we, 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 You can't stop. And so then the cheerleaders joined me. So then I went from the Viking flag. So then I thought, okay, I'll do the American flag. And I've never put it down just because it is the American flag. And now I'm lucky enough this year to have the cheerleaders join me on all the home games. Uh, thanks to Kelly Fisher, it's nice having a niece who's a cheerleading sponsor. Yeah. Um, she has the cheerleaders come down on Friday mornings of home football games, and they'll join me Friday morning with the Viking flags. So it's fun, and I, I just want, uh, I want people when they say they're from Ripley to do it with a big smile on their face and their hearts full of pride that they live here.
1: You talk about the layers. Uh of of this and and probably the biggest part of that for you is your kids and your family. Uh, I went to school with Kenny, uh, Kristen, of course, and now their kids. Uh, you know, uh, and Sky has walked across the the uh, uh, stage out there and graduated. You know, uh, talk about that. And I know you have more grandchildren. I'm leaving them out, but you know, uh, talk about that and what that means to you and what watching your kids follow uh, at Ripley High School meant.
7: I don't think Kristen and Kenny would ever think about living anyplace else but in Ripley. They have gone away to school, but they have come back, and they have re- enjoyed raising their children here. They love having the fact that Haley and Skye graduated from Ripley High School, and now they're very very—they're doing great. And I think they're both of them would love maybe one of these days Haley and Skye will come come this way. Then Ada, uh, Mm -hmm. Kenny's little girl, just graduated, and she's staying right here too, and she's going to go to, she's in school in nursing, and we're so proud of the fact that we have, of course, Kristen, and Kristen was working at um, a hospital, and the opening came uh, for the school nurse, well, you can't drag her away from Ripley High School. She loves it. I think they could offer her whatever, but she would not leave Ripley High School yeah. as the nurse. She loves working there. And Kenny Kenny lives, that he comes to football games, sort of stays away mm-hmm. from, he doesn't, he's sort of like me. I like being by the helmet, yeah. and I like being over there so I can scream and holler if I want to, and no offense I'm of, not hurting anybody's feelings. Yeah. And Kenny sort of stands away too. He likes coming to watch his – from the boys that he had in midget league. Sure. And he loves watching them grow up to be a part of the Viking football team. And he enjoy, he has a lot of pride in that.
1: Mayor Rader, we could talk all day about uh... – what a Viking you are, and we're very thankful to have you. Uh, we appreciate uh, what you've done for our city, uh, and we hope you'll stay mayor forever. We know that's not going to happen, <laughs> but uh, it was great catching up with you. Thanks for sharing your stories with us.
7: And thank you. Th- of all Vikings here, I'm, I'm looking at one and how much we appreciate you and, and what you've done for the city and what you do for the Ripley High School. Thank you very much. <music>
1: Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.